What it do? Indigo Barbie Smith here to bring you another episode of Black Girls Need Jesus, the podcast. I am so excited for this episode because it talks about my trauma. So you get to see why I am as jacked up as I am. Like while I'm out here and I'm like, oh yeah, um, everything is fine and dandy. It's really not. Like, I literally obsess over the fact that Jesus takes care of me every step of the way. I don't know how anybody else gets through life without Jesus because without him, I would be a literal wreck. So anything that I feel that is traumatic, I release it to God. Anything that I feel may be stressful, I release it to God. And we have to remember to constantly release our energy, release our negativity and give it to God because at the end of the day, he's so much more powerful than we could ever imagine being. Now he gives us power, okay? He gives us the power of healing. He gives us the power of discernment. He gives us the power of peace. He blesses us with these gifts and fruits of the spirit. But we have to understand that he is always going to be, no matter how powerful we are, he is always going to be more powerful than us. Lay down your burdens. Come on, episode one. Lay down your burdens. Episode two, reflect on who you were because to go forward, we must go backward we have to remember who we were in order to get to where we are going because God is going to take you on a journey he is going to take you up a mountain he's going to pull you out of things that you never thought that you could overcome and he is going to strengthen you a thousand times over so when you listen to this I want you to understand how powerful I feel right now he has released me from every single trauma every single traumatic episode every single thing that I thought that I could not overcome he has brought me out of he's blessed me to the point of bringing me out of poverty so I look around and I see the things that people try to take from me and I understand who I am he released me from feeling like I couldn't do nothing he released me from feeling like I had to be somebody's slave in order for them to love me God has released me from feeling like I have to do anything other than serve him No man on this earth can ever say that they are my provider because God is the Prince of Peace and he has given me peace over and over and over again. So when you listen to my story, I want you to understand how powerful it is in overcoming the things that you've been through and you cannot use what is in you and the trauma that you've experienced and the things that go through your head on a daily basis as a crutch. Give it to God because God is the only person, the only man, the only spiritual being who can supply your every need. Release it because Abba is a provider. He is a healer. He is a way maker. Now for this episode, we have Matthew 5, 16 as our verse. Okay. Now. I'm not going to read it to you because I read it to you during the podcast. But I did want to say that also, if you have not yet prayed, I need you to pause this episode right now and pray because I did not start off my episode in prayer. So I need you to release all of your mess, all of your trauma, all of your giddy, giddy, goo goos, nanas, and the things and the lovey faces and your afflictions and let them go and just sit right here and understand that God is God. And no matter what you see in front of you, you have to trust that he is always going to be God. How powerful is that? He is always going to be God. 
the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. He is never gonna change. He's always gonna be that healer, that way maker, and that provider. He's always going to send you through things that you see in front of you. When you see something in front of you and you think that it's an obstacle, you have to remember that God is always gonna pull you through it, even when you think that you can't. So baby girl, trust when it looks sus because at the end of the day I have had so many things come against me in the past few months in the past few years and the past few girl 30 years of my life I've had so much to overcome and yet and still my God is still there making a way girl because I can't do this I can't do this so the two songs that I encourage you to listen to after you listen to this beautiful podcast that expresses my trauma, we're going to laugh, we're going to cry, and we're going to need some ice cream and some wine for all of this situation here. Don't let my trauma become a part of you. Pray out anything that you hear that may hinder you. But I do also encourage you to talk with your friends about your trauma. Talk with the people around you. Build a sense of community. Talk within your church. Gather up everything that you need to be able to make it through your day. To bring that peace. Give yourself wows. Give yourself wow moments throughout your day. And yet and still continue to serve the one and only. Hmm living sacrifice that is so powerful that is so powerful that is so powerful hallelujah that is so powerful what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into this episode and i'm gonna let y'all listen to it and i'm gonna i encourage you to if you have any questions email me at blackgirlsneedjesus at gmail.com hit me in my dms follow me on ig blackgirlsneedjesus on ig just join the conversation and start having those tough conversations with your friends because at the end of the day you never know what someone else has been through and you never know how your story Ooh, one more time you never know how your story can make a way for the next generation amen all right I said, did i say the two songs i wanted y'all to listen to no i didn't did i i encourage you to listen to beautiful by hovey that is my jam y'all every time i hear that song you are so beautiful i'm like ah! and then also i encourage you to listen to remember by brian and katie torwald how quickly we forgot okay what did it say? Hold on, let me get the lyrics. Ow. It says, How quickly we forget the God who lives in every day. How easy to lose sight that you reside in the mundane. How quickly we forget the power that's running through our veins. The kind of power that empties graves. What did you say? <laughs> the kind of what that does. What? It's amazing to me to think that, who, you know what? I ain't even going, mm-mm. The kind of power that empties graves, honey. You trying to say that my God, the God who sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins, the God who sent his son to raise the dead cannot handle that little itty bitty situation you got. Y'all better stop tripping. You better understand that he will give you beauty for ashes. And that's what we're about to get into. We're about to get into my story and how he gave me beauty for ashes. I even, he let, tonight he had me scrubbing my Jeep down, who is called Beauty, 
because he's ready to bless me yet again. And I still don't know what he has planned for me, but I know, haha, right there, James 1:17. God has great plans for me. I don't know what they are, but I know he has great plans for me. And I will continue to be obedient. And that's what you have to do. Continue to be obedient. Listen to his voice. Look for the signs. Look for the miracles. Look for the wonders. And each and every day, continue to praise his holy name. And that's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Because I ain't got no more to give. I'm going to let God go ahead and lead. And you know what? I wanted you to pray. But I want to pray. So I'm going to go ahead and pray this prayer right quick. Let me make sure I got enough space on here to record this thing now. So we don't get interrupted yet again because I know how you like to interrupt me. Hold on. All right, we got enough time. So let's get it. Let's go. Let me stop the music, y'all, because we're going to pray, pray. Father God, we come humbly before you, thanking you for the wonderful things that you've done and praising you for the marvelous things that you're going to do. Father, we know that it is you who makes a way out of no way. We know that it is you who sees us where we sit, where we stand, where we lie. And knowing that what we go through each and every day, Father God, that you provided that test for us, Lord. We know that it's you who wakes us up and that it is a blessing just to wake up, Lord. We thank you for sunshine. Come on. We thank you for rain. Come on. We thank you for joy. We thank you for pain. Because at the end of the day, if there was not all of these things, how would we understand who you are? You show us your grace each and every day in nature. You show us your heart each and every day with the people that you place into our lives, Father God. And we pray that you just continue to uplift mm, our souls, uplift our spirits, Lord, as we continue to uplift your holy name. Allow us to be another chance, Father God, another chance to, for us to be able to show people your glory, Lord. We're going to let our light shine. We are going to let our light shine so that man can see you in us, Lord. Thank you so much for blessing us the way that you have. And I pray that the people listening, that if you are listening right now, I pray that you just find peace in each and every step of the way. I pray that you just find love, joy. In each and every step that you move in, I pray that you just come closer to God through knowing that there are things that you have been through, but you have made it out of your trauma is not your trauma. It is your testimony. And I just want you to be encouraged that it is a part of your story. And it is your testimony. Praise God. Praise God. In Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode. I'm taking up enough of your time on this intro, but I want you to go ahead and listen with an open heart. Gather each and everything that you need at this moment so that you don't have to keep getting up and moving around. If you don't have time, I encourage you to take the time to do what you need to do and then come back. I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to read Matthew 5:16, but I encourage you to start at the beginning of the chapter and read Matthew 5. Just the whole thing, read the whole thing while you're there. And I pray that there has been a blessing in your life on today and I pray that God continues to bless you all. And thank you so much for being a part of my journey and thank you so much for blessing me. And I love y'all Trinidad. Shout out to Trinidad and Tobago, okay? Because 
I love y'all. Like y'all give me life. Every time I see that y'all have listened, I'm like, yes, come on, Trinidad. I love it. So I pray that each of Crofton and everywhere else in the United States, Dallas, what else? What else we got? We got Crofton. We got Dallas. We got Cuba. Come on, Cuba. Thank you. Shout out to all of you guys who are listeners and who continue to listen each and every episode. I am so happy to have you guys in my listenership. And I pray that you guys just have a blessed day. Bless you all. Bless every listener, no matter where you are. I would just pray that you're blessed. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this episode. And I'm not going to give y'all an outro. So continue to stay blessed okay all right bye-bye i'm gonna turn the music down just a little bit i honestly have been so nervous about this episode because i know me and i'm a freaking crybaby, y'all <laughs> and this episode is so sentimental and soft for me because had some ups and downs I've had some trials and tribulations and I've gone through a lot so I don't necessarily know where to start how to tell you who I am besides starting at the beginning and telling you about my struggles for a really long time I've been this girl who uh y'all when you see if you're watching the visuals the exos and the loves and the I am this true hopeless romantic like being a Christian, we're not all extra into Zodiac, but girl, this Pisces blood has ran itself through and through. And I've been a romantic my entire life. I have not been able to, ever since I was in uh, sixth grade. Yep. Sixth grade is when I figured out the boys existed. Fifth grade is when I had all of these boys around me, but I grew up with them, so I'm not really focused on them. It's like, they were focused on me, but I wasn't really necessarily focused on them, and they were more focused on the girls who weren't flat, and I was flat everywhere, honey. I mean, I was just So it's not like nobody was really studying me anyways, but sixth grade, everything started to pop out, honey. The little booty was like, pow! And then I still didn't have no chest, though. I was not wearing, I had little, little tater tots, and the little tater tots was not tater totting, girl. I wouldn't even wear sports bras, let's be real. So I just, at sixth grade, I found that there was this boy and he was the epitome of a boy to me. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, what is, they make them like this? Like, I was so in awe of this man, like, I mean, of this boy in sixth grade. And he was just girl he smelled good he had earrings he wore baggy pants his shirts were kind of big like he was just him I mean he had these big brass B lips and his face was like girl he was just fine like let's be real he was just fine and he was somebody that everybody really just admired he was cool you know he had swag so it's like he got swag and he got nice tennis shoes so like what's good girl I mean, standing at this man's locker, at this boy's locker. I keep calling him a man because he's a man. I think of him as a man now. Girl, but I was at this man's locker and I would be there every single day. And I would just, 
Long story short, girl, let's be real with the situation. I loved this man. That was my first time being in love. And I didn't know much about boys, I guess, because I was always around the same boys. And I hung out with boys and I ran around and got dirty with boys. I mean, it wasn't really like a big thing. Um, but I guess, no, I guess it started before then. My crush was my childhood best friend and his name was Michael and he was like, he was Puerto Rican and white girl. And he was the cutest dang thing to me, girl. And it's like, I didn't, I don't know when I noticed him that I don't know when I noticed that he was fine, but I just freaking noticed. And I was like, we were in diapers together. Our mothers were pregnant at the same time. Like it's crazy how all the people who I had crushes on at first, like my first crushes, they all ended up being on drugs, like bad. Like when I think about it, I'm like, girl, you had a type from a young age. Like, this is what we're doing. Like when I think about it, I'm like, girl, like literally this was your type. And it just kind of just, girl. So moving on, I fell in love the first time. And my childhood best friend, was very close to me and he saw me like a sister. So I always thought that we were gonna grow up together and all that good stuff. He was real like, he loved my brother. He looked up to my brother so much. But I always thought that it, I always thought that he was gonna be the one that you know, I would have this relationship with for my whole entire life, but it did not happen that way. And then I ended up moving away from him and then that's when I found the boy in sixth grade. And then from sixth grade all the way up until now, let's be real, I have just been in love back to back to back to back to back. Girl, no breaks in between. Like a serial dater, like a serial dater. Like, okay, because I would be with a boy and I didn't, I wasn't with a boy intimately until I was about 15 years old. And that was when I first discovered what it was like to have a boy all the way up from so at, okay, let me, let me go backwards. So at four years old, I was molested. I was molested by a family member and I didn't know what any of it meant. Cause of course you're four, you don't really know anything really about anything. And at four years old, I was molested and I just started to be overly sexualized. I started to be an over, overly sexual and I was molested by a female. So. In my mind, I thought that it was just this game. So all the way up from, girl, it, when you, when you are overly sexualized as a child, I don't know if you've been through it or if anybody, you know anybody who's been through it, but when you're, overly sexualized as a child you um you kind of just have this thing where you've you were introduced too early and when you're introduced early on you kind of just it's just it molds you it really changes you and so I had a lot of, from four years old all the way up until the point where I was 14 when I had my first real boyfriend, I just, I was, I guess in a sense I was gay. Like when you think about it, like I guess in a sense I was gay because I would have all of these relationships with girls and it would always end up going, I didn't know any better. 
I just knew what I was taught and it molded me and I knew that I had this need, this urge that I had to get off. And um, I've always, because of that, I would, I've always feared relationships. I've always, not with men, but I've always feared relationships. Yeah, I guess so with men because I was afraid that if I got too close to somebody that I'm sorry because a lot of people that I know were molested by men and everybody just kind of just throws it off like you was a girl so you're lucky like but girl stuff like that molds you it really molds you and um sorry and it's not that heavy anymore because I know that it was God. If it wasn't for that, then I would never be where I am today. Does it hurt? Yeah. It hurts when I think about it, but it's not like... I mean, because it just sticks with you. I can remember the exact moment where I was, what was said, what was around me the color of my garments. I remember every single detail about that. And it just kind of sticks with you. So moving forward, I had a lot of relationships with females. I, and then once I got introduced to this world of boys in sixth grade, everything changed. I wanted to be Nope, because it was before that. I wanted to be somebody's wife when I was a little girl. So I remember my grandfather buying me this kitchen set. It was a... It was a refrigerator. And a sink with a dishwasher. And a stove. And it was in my grandmother's hallway. And I used to have this baby... I used to have so many dolls, but I had this one doll named Kenya. And she had um, a dashiki on. And she was a little black baby and she had a dashiki on. I used to carry Kenya everywhere. I used to carry Kenya everywhere. There was no separating me and Kenya. And I knew that I wanted to be a mom from a very young age. I just knew, you know, how we're raised up to think that way because they make baby dolls for little girls and Barbies and all of that stuff. And I didn't start playing with Barbies until I was about, I don't know how old I was, girl, but I know once I started playing with my stop till I was 16, girl, and my Barbies had a whole life. But at the end of the day, I knew I wanted to be a mother from a young age and I knew I wanted to be a wife. But you know how you play house and mom and dad and mommy and daddy, that's the way that I was taught this is what we're doing. And it's crazy to think about it because when you think about somebody um, doing something to a child, you don't think like, of course it turned into a game, but realizing that this happened to the person who did it to me makes it so much worse because it's like, where does this, where does it stop? Where does it stop? Where does it end? And I'm the type of person who believes in breaking generational curses. 
if it happens to this person, this person, this person, and this person, then when does it end? And I made a conscious decision that on my end, it ended with me. My kids were never gonna experience that. I have my son, you can call him sheltered if you want to, but my son is literally never gonna experience that because I'm gonna be sure of it. And I don't know how or when or what, but praying over my baby, consciously spending time with my kid, always being around him, I didn't, I had trust issues upon trust issues upon trust issues based upon this one generational curse. And it feels like for me that when it stops, fuck, excuse me, it stops. You end it. You don't let it keep going. You don't let it keep happening. You stop it because I can think of every cousin that I have and it's happened to them. When does it stop? When does it end? So I said, you know what? It stops here. I'm not going to continue this out of my legacy. This is not going to be a part of my legacy. It's a part of my story, but it's not a part of my legacy. And my trust issues with men had been so extreme because I guess it's a, it was a state of confusion because it's like, where do you go from there? I've only dated girls. I have this boyfriend. Finally, when I get to eighth grade, I have my first boyfriend because I used to have crushes, girl. I had crushes on these boys and in my mind, they were mine. Like I have been delusional for a long time. Let's be real. Like I told y'all, I'm a nut. So this delusion started long ago. I would just like have a crush on a boy and then I would just write him letters and he knew he was with, girl, <laughs> he knew he was with me because who else writing you letters every day? Who else standing by your locker? You didn't give me your locker combination. Like... And I mean, like, that was it. Like, they would give me just like, yeah, this is my life combination. I don't know what is wrong with me, honey, but I have been on one for a very long time. I've always treated a man like a king. And that's the way that a man should be treated in my mind is that a man should be treated like a king, especially if he's the one for you. But you can't treat every man like a king. That's what we forget. You can't treat every man like he's something. He could be a whole nothing. And you over here treat him like he's something. And I think that that was my problem. That was my problem. I treated every man like he was something, even when he was nothing. I wanted to prove to him that, hey, you're worthy of love. You might be a garbage hell person, but you're worthy of love. Everybody's worthy of love. Girl, when I say the delusion be real, it be real, honey. So, sixth grade, boy likes. Seventh grade, boy likes. Eighth grade, boy likes. Seventh and eighth grade was the same boy. In eighth grade, I got my first boyfriend and I lost my virginity over the summers, okay? It's about to get a little graphic, y'all. It's not going to be too graphic, but it's just, you know, we grown. So, I'm going to just talk to you like I talk to you. So I lost my virginity to this boy who liked me. He liked me from sixth grade all the way up until eighth grade and I never gave him a chance. And then in eighth grade, all my friends had boyfriends and I wanted one too. So I got this boyfriend and me and him lasted longer than anybody. Girl, when I say me and this boy ended up becoming sweethearts, like girl, you know, you have your high school sweetheart. 
Eighth grade, we were together. Sixth grade, he was really small. Eighth grade, he shot up like a friggin' jolly green giant. He had braces and I don't know what happened, but in my mind, he just got fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And they're like, oh, there go your boo. <laughs> you know how you have your boyfriend, you get your boyfriend on the phone. Like y'all be talking on the weekend on the phone. And then on, you see each other at school on Monday. Girl, cause I was the way it was back in the day. Like I'm old. So we had, oh my God, me saying I'm old. And I think about the fact that my mama used to call me on the house phone to make sure I was where I was. And now everybody got a cell phone. <laughs> like, now everybody got a cell phone. So think about the fact that we used to have dialed to go, you remember the noise when you used to plug in a little thing and you used to have to plug in a telephone line and then your parent get mad because they get on the phone and all they hear is that loud AOL noise. Honey. So long story short, I get my boyfriend. He's my boyfriend. All my friends have broken up with their boyfriends by then. I think, I'm trying to remember who everybody's boyfriend was. Yes, my eighth grade best friends had their boyfriend. I'm trying to remember who was with me. I remember if it was, um, who was it? Cause I had two best, did I have two or three best friends? I had three best friends, but my other best friends started hanging, my sixth grade best friends started hanging out with some other girls. I don't remember who she was hanging out with. But she was still my best friend. I don't know. I basically had like three best friends in eighth grade and everybody had a boy. Oh yeah, they all had a boyfriend. I remember. Okay, I remember because we all used to go to FunQuest on Fridays. So they were like, you going to FunQuest on Fridays? And that's FunQuest was a skate rink. And we used to all go to the skate rinks on Fridays. And um, everybody had their boyfriend and it was lit. And like, it was so cute. And I remember because my ex-boyfriend, my, my first... He used to drive. He was 13 years old and he was driving a car. He was 13 years old, little tiny little boy, and he was driving a car. Girl, he was bad. Like when I say I've always had this type, he was bad, girl. Like shooting BB guns in the woods, shooting up stuff down the street from the house type, running through the woods type bad. Girl. So <laughs> long story short, um, I ended up being his girlfriend. We lasted longer than everybody else. My three best friends all had boyfriends and they all felt like boop, boop, boop. Everybody boyfriend, everybody and their boyfriend broke up. I don't think this is going right because relationships did not last in eighth grade. They just didn't. Let's call it what it is. It was on its way. It was 2023 in the making. Like they didn't last. So they have their boyfriends and I have my boyfriend and I last with my boyfriend and nobody else has their boyfriend and we're still in school, but we have, I don't remember, I would go to, there's, I would go to this apartment complex on the weekends. And there was like this one apartment complex that everybody lived in. So all my friends from school would be there and we would all hang out. I would go stay at my best friend's house and he, and her, and he lived in the same complex. So I used to be able to see him and there was this alligator and we had our first kiss on the alligator. Girl, it was so cute. Little white boy with red hair. Like, shout out to you. Shout out to you. Cause you know what? We ain't gonna talk about the toxicity. We ain't gonna talk about that. We're gonna speed past that part and move into the I lost my virginity and boom, boom, bow. I lost my virginity and <laughs> like I tried to speak past it because we were toxic because we were we were sweethearts. We were high school sweethearts and we were first started off in middle school and then we linked back up and then after we linked back up, girl, it was worse than the first girl. Let's just say your girl learned some toxicities, okay? 
from that relationship. I learned all my toxicness. <laughs> so long story short, I lost my virginity to this boy who had no intentions of really being with me. It's eighth grade. We were already in a relationship, girl. But I think we had, I don't know if we broke up or what, but I just remember that I was supposed to come see him. Girl, how about the weekend that he took my virginity? He smashed another girl. But when I came to come see him, the weekend that I was supposed to lose my virginity, honey, because I've always been a pop-up, pull-up, pop-up, drive-by type chick. I mean, you ain't gonna tell me I can't show up. You ain't answering the phone for me. Cool. I pull up. And girl, this is before I had a car. I'm literally a freaking 14-year-old girl. And I'm just like a 15-year-old girl. And I'm popping up at this man's house because he was like, oh yeah, I need you to come over here. Girl, I would walk. I didn't care if I had to walk five miles. I would walk, honey. Put these some miles on these feet, I would. I would walk five miles just to get to where I had to go. Or I'd be like, hey, can you give me, i call with my big cousins. Like, hey, can you give me a ride over here girl I went over there thinking I was about to lose my virginity that night thinking I was about to come see him because he's like I want I want you to come see me girl how about he he was when I saw him when I text him I walked outside I text girl mm, make it so bad I text him and he did not text back so I pulled up to his house and I go knock on his door and I asked for him and I was like I asked mom if he was there and he was like she was like hold on man I love that man's mama I do to this day, I still love me some sexy. Like, I love her. I just love her. She just, oh my gosh. But long story short, he had a girl upstairs in his bed. He was smashing shorty girl when he was supposed to see me. What? No, he wasn't. Yes, he was, girl. Yes, he was. Now, we're going to go a little bit forward. We're going to speed past that. And we're going to speed to the next time when I saw this man. Because he was like, yeah, she was doing this. Girl, he used to constantly compare me to that girl. He used to be like, can you do this? Can you do that? You can't do this. You can Girl, oh my gosh. That's why I like toxic. Girl, I had no idea. That reminds Okay, so... You know how I feel like a girl, the way she loses her virginity shapes everything. So yeah, there's my tea, there's that. And I ended up still losing my virginity to this boy even after that situation. Yep. So fast forward, years later on some get back, I was a hoe, <laughs> okay? <laughs> no offense to nobody, but everybody has had their whole phase. Let's be real. Everybody has had that phase where they just were like loose as all get out. Loose as a goose. Girl, I got my get back so strong on this man. I got my get back. And I got my get back. Girl, that's so sad. I mean three relationships while I'm having this one relationship later but it was a lot more in between though he did a lot more to me than I did to him technically but so there is basically where the foundation for my toxicity began so okay there's that moving forward I so now what have we learned about me we've learned that I was overly sexualized as a child we've learned that I love love we learned that I was bisexual for a period of my life until I found boys we learned that I am basically a product my childhood 
shaped me into the person that I am now. So speed forward and let's go to 2015. 2015, I've been through endless relationships, countless relationships with boys. I've cheated on this boy multiple times and I basically have had my period of uh, looseness. So now I meet this guy who is basically husband material. And what if I want as a little girl to get married, right? I meet him and the Lord tells me he's my husband. And I'm like, okay, Lord, all right, I can get jiggy with that. Nice, finally, we're here. In my mind, I'm thinking the Lord is telling me, oh, you met your husband, so this is gonna be it forever, right? Girl, that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought, baby. But it ended up being so much. I have the greatest joy of my life out of it, but it ended up being so much. And we're not gonna talk too much about that simply because I don't wanna cross hairs with nobody I gotta deal with for the next 18 years, you feel me? But long story short, I... Mm, I'm not gonna cry. But let's just say that I dealt with a lot of insecurity. I dealt with a lot of changing. I dealt with a lot of trying to be somebody who I wasn't. I dealt with remolding myself and remodeling myself to try to be the perfect wife. I always changed. I let him use me as a scapegoat. I never felt really wanted. But if I'm a product of my past and my disastrous mistakes, then how have I been forsaken? Because I never lived my life. God carried me through everything that I've been through. From being four years old and dealing with oh, being overly sexualized to becoming addicted to the wrong kinds of men to fumbling all over myself constantly to try to be a better person for somebody else I don't know how many roles y'all have had to play in your life and how many women that you've had to be in your life but I've had a lot of experience in changing myself to try to make somebody else happy and as women that's what we do right we change ourselves to try to make somebody else happy, to try to please a man. We change ourselves. We change our hair. We change our image. We wear short clothes. We wear our tatas out. We wear our tight everything. We accentuate. We put on makeup. We get our nails done. But the one thing that I've learned is that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it for me. What you're going to have to do from here on out is you're going to have to learn to love me for me. I'm not changing for nobody else. I'm so sorry, baby. I'm not changing nothing but a diaper. And that's if you make it to the point where we and we start having babies. That's if you make it to be my husband. That's if you make it. Because you have a lot of work to do. You have a lot of proving to do. No matter if God tells me you're my husband or not, you still have a lot of proving to do. Because I've learned so much 
from every single relationship. Long story short, I was with this person and I ended up divorced. I ended up alone because I never felt like I was enough. And in the end, I wasn't. In the end, I wasn't. Even after I changed <laughs> 72 times to try to be somebody for you, for him. It was never enough. Never. I have spent an entire life trying to figure out why I couldn't be enough. And eventually God was like, girl, be yourself. Watch this. Let me show you something. Be yourself and watch what happens. Fast forward. Again, gets, gets married, gets divorced. I have, I'm not going to tell you what all happened at the end of that. I'm just going to say that it was a disaster. It was a disaster. I went through more than I could ever possibly imagine one person would have to go through. I ended up being alone and trying to go back to my past relationships to try to fix it. Now, before I move straight into it, I want to let you know that because of my mistakes, because of me trying to be somebody who I wasn't, because of the fact that I, play, I looked like a part that I was trying to play, I ended up getting... I ended up being raped over five, six times by men that I trusted, by men that I loved, by men who said they loved me. And that's before and after marriage. I still could not figure it out. I tried so hard and I just kept trying to figure it out. Why? Why can't I be loved? Why am I not enough? Girl, if I cry on this makeup onto this white shirt, I'm going to be upset. So let me slide forward to the next space. Now, God covered me in his grace every single time. So now I know, now I know, before I get to why I know, I'm gonna fast forward one more time and I'm gonna go past that and I'm gonna bring you to 20, 2019. Oh my God, I went through the worst heartbreak ever in my entire life in 2019 over a toxic firefighter, honey. But when I say that was fun, but at the end of it, I was so broken, girl. I was so toxic. I would just drive to this, girl, I told y'all, see, I told y'all who I was. So this is not a surprise to you, but 2019, I went through the worst heartbreak of my life. After I got divorced, after I went through my ex-boyfriends, I found this one firefighter and he was absolutely the epitome of, he looked like me, girl. He was like my twin, like he was like my twin flame. I found my twin flame, y'all. So y'all know how that ended up. Toxic, disastrous, horrible, because he was my friggin' twin flame and not somebody who God provided for me to get to the, mm, to get to the next step of marriage, but somebody who God uses a means. So I found this guy 
and he was a firefighter and he was absolutely amazing like in bed let's be real he was absolutely amazing in bed honey i, I could have married that man off his sling game alone and i would have if he would have had me but I praise God that God brought me through that and put me on the other side of it. And on the other side of that heartbreak, I ended up, and it's crazy how God works because he will put you in positions to have you like, this is what I'm going through. And now we're here. So now we're here. Girl, how about after I met this firefighter, if it was never for him, I would not be in Kentucky because I have had this firefighter who looked exactly like my ex-boyfriend not my now ex-boyfriend so I ended up reconnecting with this now guy because when I dated him at first in high school he was a girl so I'm not gonna get too deep on that or slide into that because we not gonna even with that I still cannot believe in my mind that I was there like I went through that whole I can't girl I can't girl, when I say I can't believe it I can't believe it Especially where I am now, I cannot believe. I, girl. So, I gave up on men. Like, at this point, whatever. But then, this trans man came into my life like a knight in shining armor and he looked exactly like the firefighter when i say he sent me a picture and i and the other and the firefighter has sent me a picture the firefighter sent me a picture of him laying in bed with a black do-rag on and his chest tattoo said blessed okay and it had little wings and all that good stuff around it, it was the same banner why did this boy send me a picture in the bed black do-rag same blessed tattoo with the clouds on it except for his said truly blessed i was like oh lord we truly finna find out <laughs> we truly finna find out but how about he truly wrecked me bro but he really he, i mean I guess, I guess i can't say he wrecked me because it turned out for my good that's what i'm saying when i say beauty for ashes god takes you through a lot okay he takes you through a lot to build you into the person that you're supposed to be he's not gonna leave you he's gonna be there with you the whole time and he's going to see how you respond to things. He's going to take note. Oh, how did she respond today? How did she respond when she went through and she found out that she had trust issues? And how does she grow from this? How do I bring you to this place where you feel like you're in trouble just to turn out and work it out for your gut, work it out for your good? Okay. Because that's the way it is, right? God takes us to this turmoil. Girl, when I say all of that was hard to get through, but I stayed happy. Not one time did I lose my happiness. After being molested, I was still a happy kid. After being, going through these sessions with these girls that I didn't, I mean, confused about your sexuality, 100%. But I was just like, this is what I'm supposed to do, obviously. So I'm just, I'm gonna just do it. And being confused about my sexuality, growing into falling in love with boys, um, being hurt a thousand times over by them, still happy, getting raped more times than I can count on one hand, still happy, um, going through a divorce, still happy. But the one thing that I did throughout every single trial was I remained, I remained praying. I never stop praying. I never stop praying. I never stop asking God to help me 
grow from my situations. Now, whew, I ain't going to take you back too deep into the Bible right now because we're going to get to that in one second. But in the Bible, it talks about how whew, when you're sad, you put on sackcloth. I'm sorry, y'all. When you're sad, you put on, in the Bible, I'm gonna take a break, hold on. Y'all, I'm a little jacked up. I never lost my happiness though, I never lost my step. So what I wanted to give you for Beauty for Ashes for our scripture is Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Never lose your positive attitude. Never lose the hope that there's gonna be better. Because I know I came here to Kentucky off of love, off of the boy that I found after the firefighter. I fell in love with him. We fell in love so fast. And then he, then he brought me here just to abandon me. I lived in his house while he lived with another girl. He basically did the same thing that all of my toxic exes have done, but he wouldn't even be honest with me about it. If he didn't love me, all he had to do was let me go, but instead he chose to keep me in the spot that I was in, bound under his control. I've had so many men try to tell me who I was or that I'm not anything or that I would never be anything or because they put me in positions to depress me. I was so depressed in that relationship. I was so depressed because I could not breathe. I could not understand why somebody would bring me just to leave me. For weeks at a time, he's not home and he doesn't call me and check on me. He doesn't call and ask if I'm okay. He doesn't text me and ask if I need anything. He's just sick of me and he's done with me. So he just wants to move on. When I say that man treated me like I was the biggest piece of garbage I've ever seen in my life. But from that, but from those ashes where I sat there and I had to rebuild myself. He left me, honey. He left me alone in his house with his animals, taking care of his stuff. And if I did anything wrong, he would just snark at me and make it seem like I was the worst human ever. He would tell his friends that I would, didn't do anything and I was lazy and I was disgusting. And you know what? At certain times, I'm going to be honest with you. I made sure his room was clean, but I had some dirty, nasty tendencies because at the end of the day, I was depressed. And that's not even an excuse. That is me being God honest, but I still made sure that I got up and I cleaned. I made sure everything was clean downstairs. I didn't leave a mess. I mean, he didn't like dishes in the sink overnight. I made sure to make sure that there was no dishes in the sink. I cleaned up everything all the time. I made sure that everything, but I was tired a lot and I was depressed but at the end of the day he brought this girl into our house he brought this girl into our space he brought this girl into my mind and he constantly gaslit me and told me that I was a liar and that I was wrong and that I was just crazy because he didn't want her 
look at her and look at you. Like, <clears throat> I see it. But all pride aside, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody that's going to take care of you. But you're also looking for somebody that's going to provide for you. But you're also, you want to be a man, but you want somebody to provide for you. When that is some real low grade, common ground, we ain't going to go there. That is, we are not going to go there. But I was under the assumption of this is what you needed. And when I provided it for you, you still told me I wasn't enough. Girl, all of these men clawed their way through my body and tried to get to my soul. But every time he would say, you're this, you're that, it's you, you're this, you don't do this, you don't do that. Every time he had a problem with me, I would fix it. And he would find something else to complain about. One of my exes used to call me Little Miss Perfect because I couldn't do anything wrong. I wouldn't do anything wrong because I'm going to give you the type of love that you deserve. I'm going to treat you how you're supposed to be treated. And they will literally spend the rest of their lives fact that it doesn't hurt it's not pain that I'm crying about I mean it's painful that it happened but I'm so happy at where I am I came so far and now if you don't want to love me so what you are not you don't have to you don't have to love me because I love me. God loves me. And God's going to take care of me at every step. I am so blessed. I am so blessed. I am blessed more than I deserve. More than I deserve. More than I deserve. More than I deserve, Lord. I'm so blessed. I'm so happy now. He left me for seven months. Six months, seven months, whatever. Until in the event, he tried to break up with me three times. And then he would take it back. And the last time he said, well, I don't think this is going to work. I think you should just, you know, I'll give you till February to leave. And I said, okay. And he was like, yeah, I told you we're going to have to go back to Virginia. And I was like, <laughs> first of all, I didn't come from Virginia, baby. I didn't come from Virginia. I came from North Carolina. One. Okay. And two, no, thank you. I'll get my own shit. Excuse me, Lord. I'll get my own crib. Girl, when I say I got my own crib, he was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll move in with you. Girl, how about he moved this stuff in here? How about he moved this stuff in here? How about he was still? I told him he couldn't bring an old girl over here. Well, I can't bring my friend over here. I said, whatever y'all do, y'all can go do over there. But she not finna come up in here. Nope, not stomping through here. Girl, this girl was so disrespectful that she literally would, she was walking around downstairs in what looked like, appeared like boxer briefs to me. Booty just a jiggling in the place where we call our house, but where I live, but you don't even live here, you live with her. Girl, the disrespect was so real. I have had so many people try to disrespect me and treat me like I was trash, baby. He let her treat me like I was trash. And then after all of that, he decided he wanted to move in with me. And then I hear him on the phone. I don't sleep in there. She's sleeping there, I sleep on the sofa. Keep telling that girl over and over again where he sleeps. And I keep finding her clothes in my house. So you going over there and you got bringing stuff home with you? Oh, okay. Girl, when I say he had to go, he had to dip out. Second, I found a whole letter. 
from them being cute. Oh, babe, I just, you're so beautiful, babe. One day I'm just have to kidnap you, him. I love you. I just can't, I can't wait to see what the future holds for us. Now y'all might say I'm bitter because I remember the whole letter. But the reason I remember it is because I never want to go back to that place again. I never want to be so low ground, no self-worth and lowly that I forget where God brought me from. So he had to go. That's what, this was my last relationship. He had to go. So God said, girl, finish it out. You got one courtesy F before you settle down. So I said, okay, Lord, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so I had a little fling and I met, I had met somebody. And the day before I broke up with him, I said, you know what? You know what? Mm. You know what? I'm gonna let this go. But I had to get that top, that last toxic get back before I settled down, girl. I had to get the last toxic get back. I was like, blah, 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 blah. I was, I was so angry and livid, girl. So I had my last toxic get back. And then I texted him and told him that he had to figure, we had to figure out what he was gonna do with his stuff because he was still being mean to me. He was still being rude to me through to me through, through mm, rude to me through text messages and told me, honey, that it was my fault. We were having problems. So why don't you just be with her? I, but I want you. Boy, bah, you don't want me. I don't do cheaters. That's the end of that. <laughs> no. One thing I don't do because every other guy before you has done the same thing to me. Because I go for the same type of guy, right? I don't do cheaters. If we're in a relationship, we're in a relationship. So stop. If we're in a relationship, we're in a relationship. Girl, he gets out of, he gets out of the house, but he goes to make it so hard for me that he takes everything out of here. Doesn't leave not one single thing. When I say my house was empty because I came here with, I left all of my stuff in North Carolina. I left, I came here with my bed and my son's stuff from his room and the stuff from my office to work. 